0: What's up, everyone? This is the Go Long Show at GoLong, GoLongTD.com. I'm Tyler Dunn. That's Jim Monis. We are fueled with this particular podcast by Fatty Beer Company, Orchard Park, Hamburg. Get on in. Get your seasonals. Get your IPAs, your sours, whatever you want this time of year. I know they probably have pumpkin or pumpkin-flavored beers. We're all a sucker for those, Jim one or two of those will will definitely uh destroy you for the next day if you're, you know, in your mid to late 30s. Not that I'm speaking from experience or anything on that. Week 4 in the NFL. Man, that was uh it was a fun week, right? I think there there's a lot we got to get into. Bills Dolphins was not the uh nip and tuck back and forth shootout game that it appeared like it was going to be there for the first four drives. Unbelievable performance by the defense. And Josh Allen was Josh Allen. So we'll we'll obviously get into that game, the game of the week. But CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Zach. And I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, you're giving me an eye. Zach Wilson. You turn in the corner on Zach Wilson.
1: We will talk. We will talk.
0: One thing I really hope does not come up is Taylor Swift, because that seems to be all anybody cares about, including NBC. That was kind of
1: what I was laughing. Yeah. Obviously,
0: it's a contrived relationship that benefits both parties. And we don't even we're seeing all of these ads for for both all the time inundated. How but really though, Jim, how does that this is all I'm gonna ask you about Taylor Swift, I promise, because I don't want to talk about this either. But how does that relationship go down? Like how we, she's she has a song literally called Love Story. What is their love story? Like their are handlers like meeting in a boardroom somewhere in like New York City or Hollywood, just charting out how much money they'll each get benefiting from this relationship. Or or is Roger Goodell sitting right in there? Are the owners in there? Right? They've, they they want to appeal to a new demographic, and you're bringing in all these Swifties. Um, I, I highly doubt it's as pure as our hearts would desire here.
1: I like it for the fact that go ahead and have fun, do your thing, whatever they're doing. That's great. Enjoy yourself. You guys work hard. You're great at your craft. Have some fun with it. They are both in the entertainment business. Let's not forget. Um, the football is big and tough and serious as we like to be. Sometimes it's all about entertainment. And as long as to me, Andy Reed, he has, he's handled it pretty well. I thought I was interested to see how he would handle it. Um, he doesn't seem to care. So, which that shows that shows coach Reed evolving over time. Because I can remember back in Philly, when I was an intern, everybody had to wear specific stuff on the sideline, as far as shorts had to be a certain length, collared shirts, team issue. I mean, it was like straight tucked in. It was, it was, he wanted people looking a certain way, no distractions. Makes sense this to me would be a distraction, but you know what, this is a personal thing and he's letting his player professional, as long as you're professional in your job, I don't care what you do off the field, but I yeah, will say I this guess. last I thing. They, I did hear something funny that her fans that tuned in for the first time ever watching football now think Zach Wilson is better than Mahomes. And they're questioning why she isn't going after Zach Wilson and why she's not, you know, why is she going after Kelsey? Like, who's that guy?
0: And obviously, Zach Wilson, as we, we saw, you know, in, in many a meme, he he was spotted leaving the stadium with Donna Kelsey. So
1: that's a thing now. We <sighs> I wasn't was going to go there. Kind of preference. No, it's good. I mean, you have to. It was Zach Wilson, he brought that on himself. <sighs>
0: Yeah, let's just end. Let's just end it right there. It's it's. I don't know. It's just.
1: Let's go back. It's
0: it's dumb that it's talked about to the degree it is. Is what I'm saying, and I I feel guilty being hypocritical, even bringing it up. So screw it. Let's move on. Where do you want to start? Like what? What popped to you? Were you red zoning? Were you watching one specific game?
1: How are you taking week four? Life with our kids. As we know, when I have my son on a Sunday. I can tell you that we did love the Toy Story version of the Atlanta Jacksonville game, especially because we had Jacksonville in the game uh, minus three. So very nice effort from Jacksonville on the Toy Story effort. Hey, it counts the same on a cartoon, just like it does in real life. Um, So your son liked the cartoon, though. He enjoyed it? He did. He was tuned in. And that's my point of that. That was awesome. Um, Disney Plus had it. He was into it. Not, you know, their attention span is going to last. If you can get 15 minutes, that's pretty good. And it, he definitely got that. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, then the rest of the day is just hanging with him, kind of following along as when I can on maybe my phone a little bit. We were outside. So basically, long story short, did a lot of um, tape watching this morning on certain games, just the games I really wanted to get to see some players on. And the Buffalo was one of the games I was able to watch. Um, to get a feel for – I really wanted to study Tua. I don't really want to get into the Bills. Um, I've talked plenty on the Bills on on our show, and you have too, but you know how I feel about them. I think they can win the Super Bowl. This is all that. That's what you saw yesterday. Great. We'll get into the Bills side, but the Tua side, the great equalizer happened, and it's the only way you can beat an offense or a quarterback is pass rush. The only way. And the Bills do it. And Tua, we saw it happen as soon as it gets flustered. And that inside pressure. And it wasn't just Ed Oliver. They are moving guys all over that D-line, which I haven't seen a lot of. Now, I don't study the Bills D-line that closely, so maybe they have done that. But I saw Rousseau inside. I saw them using guys to their strengths. Things I haven't seen before. Um, their effort. Ed Oliver was that was his best game. Now let's go to Miami real quick. Offensive line wise, they're still not a great offensive line. Um, defensively, they're still not a good defense. Vic Fangio hasn't done one good thing for that defense yet nothing. They rank just, they were bad last year and they're worse this year. So to me, that pass rush is everything to beat Miami. They don't have the defense to overcome. If you can get to Tua, but that running back, the way they're using the running back now in Miami that they're going to play each other probably two more times. I mean, obviously one more time and in playoffs, but
0: how, how are they able to get to Tua? Because the metrics tell you that he's getting the ball out in whatever it was like 2.2 2 seconds, 2.3 and the average pass rush, the average sack is, is more than that. Like he, it, it's been impossible to get to Tua to tongue Viola with the way that they're operating. Everything is so pre-snap. Like he knows exactly what he wants to do before the ball is snapped. So he just gets the ball and spits it out. You know, whether it's a handoff, a shovel pass, a slant, anything it's, it's everything is just a symphony, right? It's all in sync. Every step It's it's beautiful to watch. So what did the Bills do then to, to get to him? Is it is it a matter of I guess we did see it kind of last year with Brandon Staley. Somehow get him off that first read, force him just to think a little bit more, move a little bit more, and it buys you a little bit more time to, to get to, to to get to Tua.
1: I felt like those first couple series, Tyler, it didn't look like the Bills were doing anything to get to Tua. I mean, he was complete, it looked like the same. Snap your fingers. Here we go. It's just going to be a back and forth. That goes to the script of the game that gives both coaches who we now know. We know Sean made his mark in the NFL McDermott as an X and O defensive mind. He brought in Al Holcomb, which I I think is a huge addition. Aaron Cromer's coaching the O-line. These are incredible assistant coaches for Sean McDermott to have. And you're seeing the results on those guys. Back to the pass rush and the X and O part. Now you get those first couple series in. Sean sees what's going on. The players are getting a feel for the speed. Everything's happening. Then the Bills, it, 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 they stayed patient with it. Hey, we know we're going to keep scoring. Let's just get that one stop. Let's get, make, put the pressure on Miami. Put the pressure on Miami. I thought that's when the Bills could sit back a little bit and get him off his first read by undercutting routes. The linebackers, I thought, were tremendous. Not just Milano. The whole, court, the whole, the whole team in general, Tyler, looked so prepared. Like it looked like a playoff prepared for a playoff win. That's what the bills looked like to me yesterday. That was every single phase of the game. Would you agree? I mean, you watch it probably a little more closely, but that's what I saw on the Miami side. Well, I mean, we, we set the stage
0: um, here on the podcast and, and with the story at go along. I mean, I think that this was one of Sean McDermott's greatest tests in the regular season, especially now that we know it's, it's his show. He's calling all the plays. Like we said, if you think he was a bystander in 13 seconds or the Bengals game, get get the hell out of here. We've got some real estate in Antarctica to sell you. But like now it really is his defense from game planning to play calling. Hell, right down to the players they've been drafting. And this is an offense in Miami that just scored 70 points that looks utterly unstoppable, not just against Denver, but I mean they made Bill Belichick's defense look silly. They were running the ball right down their throat. And obviously they started with the Chargers game. So it's you had three games to really look at. And they they shut them down. I mean, really, after those two drives, four straight three and outs, and Gregory Rousseau, Ed Oliver, everybody the, up front. All Jones, the guys
1: we have talked about for on the
0: right? All H- of them. There's a revelation. Looks like his career's gonna end, and he's been making plays. Well, it's so it's, it's a, this game was like, I, I think one of Sean McDermott's best games in his seven years. Without without bill, a doubt, with what no they did doubt. schematically to an offense that was unstoppable, this is a really good sign for the games that matter. It's all about the playoffs. It's all about getting to the Super Bowl. They've anointed this season Super Bowl or bust themselves by putting the banner up in the facility, right? <laughs> Which I I like, like that. This is the goal. Nothing else really matters. He's right. We were going to find out a lot about the coach, about the defense. I'm with you on Josh Allen. Like We know he's all galaxy, and he he was. And, and to their credit, they let him go. Josh Allen did Josh Allen things. He wasn't kept into a box. The throws he made were absurd. It's- his best throw was the incomplete pass to Shakir up the right sideline that was dropped. Insane. Just, just sticks it on his shoulder. Insane throw. Um, so yeah, we we could spend an hour talking about Josh Allen, but you know mm-hmm. what you're getting out of Josh Allen uh, d- defensively. I I don't know how the Bills could have played any better, and yeah. I'm not going to be like Kyle Brant and blast the Dolphins either. Like, yeah. He went on a rant yeah. like like first of all, Mike McDaniel, Tua Iola, Tyreek Hill, none of these guys said that they were the future of football. Like Mike McDaniel has got to be the the most deadpan, selfless, egoless coach. Ooh. We've seen in ages, like they're the exact opposite of all of that. Like in the Dolphins, I'm with you, they're gonna play Buffalo again. I think they're gonna see each other in the playoffs. The Dolphins are gonna be fine. This, yeah, they're gonna be fine.
1: They're gonna be fine.
0: Speaks to how exceptional of a game this Bills defense had. I I was blown away. I mean, and right, a lot of people have criticized these drafts too. How many of these draft picks stepped up and made plays? Uh, th- this this is this is a feather into the cap of Brandon Bean and Sean
1: McDermott. That was yeah. It was here's what I noticed most from the defensive line versus Miami's offensive line. It was fit the Buffalo's defensive line was quicker and more violent with their hands every play. They were just outmatching them in skill and effort. The Bills are well coached. It was a that was a display of all the guys we have talked about from those defensive line the draft picks they are getting better. Like that was that, that, that is them improving. We've been waiting to see that. We just saw it. That's coaching. That's in the building training. They're bought in invested. That's it's all positive for Buffalo right now. It's stay healthy and get to the playoffs. See what happens. <laughs> like it's, would we say, would I say to, would we say with Mina to when she was on there? I said it just flat out when all the chaos was like, look, look, you have maybe the best quarterback and arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Just stop complaining and enjoy this. Like, stop worrying about this. I mean, it's hard to find Diggs and Josh Allen. It's hard.
0: And look, we're going to get into Tredavious White, his injury. Yes. That That's a, a major bummer for the Bills and Tredavious White. I mean, man, what this guy's been through, you just feel for him. Uh, but as long as Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are healthy, the Buffalo Bills are going to compete for Super Bowls. Like, their rapport is... It's the kind of stuff you saw out of Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and their prime. I mean, they're just seeing the same thing. They're 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 playing in a different dimension with their signals, with their audibles, not even needing to say anything to each other. The second reaction, what about that one touchdown where Stefan Diggs just knew in real time to kind of like get behind the one defender underneath another, found a little pocket without even looking for that pocket? Josh Allen finds him. Special connection. I know we're beating the dead horse, but yeah, as long as they're healthy and maintaining the happiness and the joy of Stefan Diggs probably should be priority number one for everybody involved. Just whatever Diggs wants, Diggs gets. Just make sure he's happy if that's what you're gonna get every Sunday.
1: What I've noticed too, and I'm you know, you're I'm a huge college basketball fan growing up, and I always thought in conference, I always thought the best coaches and Maryland basketball is my team, but Gary Williams always did a good job of. Their team when they had young freshmen never looked the same by the time the conference tournament came around. That's when they peaked, you know, it took the season to kind of develop the young guys, new players into the offense, defense, whatever. I think we're seeing this now with Buffalo with Gabe Davis coming back to what we thought we were going to see more of him last year. Both tight ends are involved. They know how to use the running backs. Now they have a, you're starting to see everybody get more involved on offense, more toys, you know, like we like to say are getting used, and it's just the playbook's just getting expanded and expanded and it's beat the dead horse. But I think those are things that are good as far as the coaching and young players buying in and, and producing. 21 personnel, right? They,
0: they didn't run it much. Last year, the year before, the year before that, you can line up with two tight ends now and run the ball with with James Cook. Damien Harris, Latavius Murray, the ageless Latavius I scouted Murray. Him
1: at, I scouted him at Central Florida. In fact, I'm pretty sure I was a, man, I feel like I was the area scout for the Saints back then. I had to have been. I mean, when was his rookie year? He played
0: Class D football in the Syracuse era area the same time I played Class D football. We we lost yeah, so to like was, the same high school team one remember. year apart, a game before State. Oakfield, so Alabama beat us both. God, they, but hey, no, we, we have anybody talk. from Oakfield, Alabama that listens to this podcast, man. They packed everybody together, out. did all these crazy. Yeah, Latavius, he's a class D guy, Latavius Murray.
1: Um, Unbelievable. Trey White. Oof. The impact hurts because it's obviously the great corner, everything you want in a football player. And that's what I want to get into. You saw Sean's reaction in the press conference before that draft. Sean had a connection at LSU um, and we got really, Sean got really good inf- information. We were talking about the safety Jamal Adams and Trey the corner, Trey White. Just getting final, just just, they were both off the chart character wise. You weren't worried about either one, but Jamal Adams was clearly the guy that everybody was talking about. You've never seen a leader like this. You've never seen a leader like this. Sean, whoever Sean talked to, said, Yeah, Jamal's great, but Trey's the guy you want. He is the he's the guy you will do the program just buy in does everything the right way. You know, that's the guy he'll never cause. He's the leader, all the stuff you want all the check marks. And it just sold us more on Trey. But it was really cool to see Sean go out of his way and get character that maybe we didn't get from some of the scouts. Not that we had great we had great info. But that was more info and really sold us on that pick wherever we were going to take him cuz to be quite honest we would have taken him anywhere i mean if we had to take him in the top 15 we would have i mean we had that type of conviction on him so it was a job well done by the entire organization and it is heartbreaking to see a player it's the it's the violent yeah i mean it's you can talk about this it's the it's the hard part of the sport that we talk about
0: yeah, I just – I can't fathom the, the mental toll. There's a physical toll, obviously, when you tear your ACL, you tear an Achilles, the pain involved and in the rehab and just – you know, the little things you take for granted in your own life, like waking up in the morning, brushing your teeth, making breakfast, playing with your kids, running some errands. Like, now you're on crutches, you're on a scooter, you can't move, you're remote. But then the the, the the mental toll of, man, like you, you go through all that rehab – you work your way back to being eligible to play. I think it's pretty obvious Tredavious White was working through some mental obstacles with that knee and wanting to feel confident playing on that knee. And he he got back to where who he was this year, these these last couple weeks. It looked like the cornerback of what 2020, 2021. So it wasn't just a physical rehab, it was it was a mental rehab. It, it seemed like he really had to kind of work his way. To a place to feel good and feel like himself again. And oh, by the way, he witnesses a teammate almost die on a football field and DeMar Hamlin and had that emotional press conference after the Patriots game and that finale, right? I mean, it's gosh, he just, he, he was shaken and, and said he'll never forget the images of that Cincinnati game and what he saw and the CPR to overcome all of that, get back to yourself and now have this injury. Man, the human. The human, the human element of of this game. I I don't think we can just kind of skip on past. It's it's going to be hard to
1: come back again from that. Good Sean, you know uh, you know how he's
0: wired. He will eventually.
1: No, he'll. We already know. We learned that with they're going to battle back. Everybody, like you said, I'm not wired that way.
0: Kyrie Elam is a first round pick. They'd probably like to get some contributions out of him. Christian Bedford, Dane Jackson. I yeah, I feel like other teams and other seasons, other situations, you, you lose a number one corner when there's all these elite receivers all over the conference and it's it's panic mode. I don't want to dismiss the injury. I think the Bills will be fine though. I think they're going
1: to be okay. I would agree. It's this is more about it's to beat the to beat those to beat Mahomes, to beat whoever they have to go through, a great quarterback. It's going to be about the pass rush.
0: And they'll be getting Von Miller back. I, so Tyler, I thought about
1: that last night. I, I'm so glad you just said that. I mean, all of a sudden, their pass rush has become like it's a problem. You need to pay attention to this the way they are, their quickness is real. And they have a great job. They have, they, they do, they have such a nice mix of when they need on that D-line, Jordan Phillips and Settle. When they need the big boys, when it's the Philadelphia Eagles time, they, they can play to any team they play against. They're built to beat the Eagles, the Chiefs. This defense can win the Super Bowl the way they're built. They can stop the run with the big boys if they need to. And they can, and we just saw what they can do. We can go fast and get after the quarterback, too. That's scary. Which,
0: you know, th- there's a lot to discuss with that Bengals playoff loss, but that's what they missed really. And, and, and Kleis Campbell kind of shined a light on that. When he brought up Buffalo and the bills were making a run at him in free agency kind of were in that $4 million range. Didn't give him a concrete offer, but Clay also didn't really want to visit. He's like, man, if you really want me, give me a concrete offer and he didn't want to play in the cold anyway. So it wasn't going to happen. Uh, but he did say that he, he knew He knows uh, a personnel exec with the Bills. who was a scout with the Arizona Cardinals when he was there. And remember, Clay's Campbell's with the Baltimore
1: Ravens. Oh, I know who that's right. That's easy. Yeah. Um,
0: You know, gosh, who who is it? Is that that the tip of my tongue?
1: Malik Boyd, probably their director of pro scouting. That's right, Malik Boyd. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So the Ravens played the Bengals in the wild card. Shut down Joe Mixon. 39 yards on like 10-11 carries. Almost won that game. I mean if Sam Hubbard doesn't return whatever it was 99 yards, they only lost 24-17 with Tyler Huntley as quarterback. Then the next week the Bills are without those big guys that you rattle it off. They just they didn't have them. They couldn't they 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 couldn't or they didn't for whatever reason play the same kind of defense that the Ravens did. And the way Clayes Campbell described it where they kind of create a wall, you're two gapping, Right, You're not necessarily trying to get up field. You're just kind of trying to muddy it up and build a barricade to where Mixon has to bounce his feet, and then everybody can kind of rally to the ball. And everybody saw it. I mean, at Oliver's flying up field. he had one tackle in the game. But they also didn't have those big guys. And that kind of set the tone, where Mixon has 100 yards, Joe Burrows, Nickel and Diamond, yet completing passes to all these different receivers. Um, it is about timing. You... <laughs> Right, you, you want to be healthy at the right time, playing your best football at the right time. Uh, but in theory, I, I would think that the Bills are in that situation again and they have those big bodies, that they, they could play that kind of football. Boy, you know what else kind of stood out to simultaneously with this Bills-Dolphins game? The Steelers and the Texans are playing. And Bobby Slowick, first-time play caller. C.J. Stroud in his fourth game, embarrassed the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean a proud defense. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Patrick Peterson. Man, it it granted it was sixteen to six. I think at the start of the fourth quarter, somewhat of a close game, but then they just blew the lid off it, thirty to six. I I think it kind of speaks to Sean McDermott's coaching. Too. You never really see like an embarrassing performance out of his defense like that. I mean Mike Tomlin one of the best defensive coaches of the last 15, 20 years has never had a losing season. Obviously facing the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud throws for 300 plus on 15 completions, just big play after big play ugly. Uh, So yeah, I, you don't see those letdowns out of these bills and now you've got a, a signature regular season win against a red hot dolphins offense. That's, inventing plays with Mike McDaniel. You might see him again. You might see Patrick Mahomes again in the playoffs. It's all about the playoffs. Uh, But I I think, yeah, credit where credit's due because we've been critical. I know hell, I've been really critical of Sean McDermott, especially in the playoffs, especially with how these seasons end. Uh, I think if you're a Bills fan, you've got to be ecstatic about the state of your team right now. Do you want to move to these uh these quarterbacks? Maybe CJ Stroud. Right. I thought we were going, yeah,
1: you had me ready to go. Stroud, I'm I'm with you on the build. It's it's playoff healthy, win that Super Bowl. Wow. So what stands out with uh so, CJ Stroud? I was so it was fun because I had to I, I was excited to put that one on this morning because we watched him before the draft, and I remember saying he was just so natural throwing the football. It was, it's, you know, when you see that pretty, you, you, you can, anytime you see a pretty tennis stroke, golf stroke, quarterback throwing the ball, it's like, you just know it's easy. Throwing the football for him is easy. It was worried. Everybody was worried about, can he make plays under pressure? The Ohio State thing. Is he seeing things quickly? I think the Houston coaching staff's doing a really good job with him. They're not asking him to make crazy plays. Now, you know, my grading system, the good throws and the great throws one and two points for those throws. He is a steady, good play guy. One point, one point. Like he's not, he had one, what I call a big boy throw, those two-pointers. He had one in the whole game. Where we'll get to Anthony Richardson, but Tua, for his game, he had two big boy throws against the Bills. So you see what I'm saying? But Tua also had two what I call no thank you plays, where they're just unacceptable type plays. Stroud, for a rookie, had zero no-thank-you plays this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, veteran defensive coaches, love. They take pride in beating rookie quarterbacks. This this is an eye-opener for Pittsburgh fans. Something's not right there. Um, and I didn't study the pick. The oh, we, we can talk about that. I, I watched enough of that game to know. Enough, enough with this offense. Like, if you're stuck with Pickett, you need to help him and get a different coordinator in because something's not gelling. Did Did you um, see the
0: fourth and one where he hurt his knee? I didn't see it. Fourth and one, shotgun. You, know, you, need, you need. Najee Harris was running pretty hard. Exactly. And, and Matt Canada has him in shotgun. Gets turned around, twisted around. Yeah, it looks like they dodged the bullet. Ian Rappaport reported this morning that not an ACL, they're thinking
1: meniscus or MCL. But man, yeah,
0: it's uh, it's alarming.
1: But Stroud, so Tyler, and they have some weapons, and they're using them. They're doing they're doing some things in Houston. they bought into that coach the way they're playing. And how many times have we talked about once the team buys into the quarterback and the coach, it's it's sky the limit. So obviously it's still early but watching stroud and grading him in week one he was blah where he wasn't even making many good throws he was just blah week four he scored for me like a winning quarterback and that is that shows he's in a system that is catering hopefully catering to his skill set flip it to anthony richardson if you want to with the colts quick that game was wild. I want I, the reason. Do you care? Because I want to talk about these rookies. Yeah, we can come back to Stroud. Keep going. Or you want more on Stroud? I, I think it's just. Uh, Tell me. Yeah. What do you think? Go ahead. I was. These these
0: these rookie quarterbacks, all of them. I mean, with the exception of the all time greats, it, it, there there's a an element it's of hard. confusion or disarray something's not right right and then and they they start pressing to some degree everything i've seen out of, out of cj stroud watching him from afar he doesn't press at all he doesn't press on the field he's comfortable in his own skin off it his press conferences and i know you, it's dangerous territory to start grading press conferences um uh, but he's himself you know, I, I think so many of these quarterbacks, especially the rookies, especially the first round picks, that have the expectations just, just burdened onto their shoulders. Like every everything is depending on you to fix this. You're the quarterback. You're the answer. You're the second overall pick, CJ Stroud. Oh, these answers can be so canned and poll tested and careful and just cliches. Ugh. CJ Strouds was 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 pretty fascinating. He gave a lot of really interesting answers to hell, like when when did this when did you realize this team could be special? And he's like, Well, first of all, with Will Anderson, when we were talking about being teammates, and we didn't know how in the hell that could even be possible, and they ended up being teammates. But he gets drafted by the Texans, and 40, 50, 60 people texted him, most of them players, and just telling him how much they believe in him. He said he saw it early in training camp. There's just such a, a value, I think, to and we wrote about this at Go Along, if people want to check out the story on on CJ Stroud and all these quarterbacks, and you know, especially other quarterbacks in kind of a make or break season. But there, there, there was pressure on Stroud. I, I think what's also impressive is the fact that um, I lost my own train of thought,
1: Jim. Was well, Stroud just his uh, I'm getting, leadership? I'm getting boy. old. No. Well, go. We talked the poise thing with him is how he plays, though, Tyler. Like he plays even like his press conferences right now, where he's enjoying it. He showed some toughness getting out of the pocket, fighting for some yards when he had to, which that's what you want in a quarterback. You want oh. to be a pure passer and maybe not make all his plays with his legs if he, if that's not his skill set. Go ahead. Thanks for filibustering for me there. I had a – was it was it Mitch McConnell whose brain just
0: froze there for a second? Need, I need to make you that run. face. You um,
1: didn't <laughs> freeze. You didn't <need laughs> freeze.
0: I didn't freeze. I could just blame stream yard aid hey, froze. I just got to work on my freeze. Uh, yeah. So I think that there's such a, a value to these teams where there's no expectations. I mean, they just coasted for a year with David Culley. coasted for a year with Lovey Smith. They, nice. they hired D'Amico Ryan's like a legitimate coach who did a bang up job with the 49ers defense who played the game has a connection with the Texans obviously playing there. Nope. Like, maybe I'm just not paying close enough attention to the Texans. Cause I sure as hell am now. I don't think anybody had any expectations expectations for this team. Even, even the trade up to number three for Will Anderson to give up everything they did. What? 12 and 33 and a future first and a third crazy ammo for an edge rusher. That sent a message. I think internally to everybody we're, we're trying to win this year. Like this isn't about 2025, 2026. Like, no, we got our quarterback. We got our pass rusher. They did sign a lot of veterans too. I mean, Denzel Perriman on defense, uh, Steven Nelson at corner. I think he had an interception against his former team. Robert Woods, Robert Woods.
1: No, oh, I saw him when I Kevin
0: Singletary, like they've got the vets to kind of glue that team together. Good point. I'm not going to jump the gun. It's, it's week no. four. It's a marathon of the season. <laughs> no. I'll just say this, like listening to CJ Stroud and talking about no expectations and just playing freely, not pressing. And I want to get to a quarterback who admitted he is pressing in Atlanta and Arthur Smith got into it too. Mm. Like, CJ Stroud is, is himself. And <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. Like they might still be a year away, But the tone of things in Houston seems awfully similar to the tone of things like in Cincinnati in 2021, Jacksonville in 2022. Young team, signed some vets. Nobody expects anything from us. That's a powerful thing. So as you like to say on this podcast, Jim, let's just keep an eye on it.
1: Week four, they've showed... From week one to week four, no expectations to week one to week four. We're seeing that they bought in. So I think you're right. Just a team to keep watching.
0: Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Stay on the rookies. Anthony Richardson. So this is a, a quarterback favorite. that a did not tickle favorite. your fancy in the pre draft process, Jim.
1: Very I did not little see, fancy tickling going on there. I was not seeing any type of of passing at Florida that made me think that he's going to be able to get this done in the NFL, throwing the football. Here's what I saw from week. We talked about him week one where he played a very good game as far as how they used him. But his fourth quarter in that week one was bad and it cost. I don't want to say it cost them the game, but he had chances for them to win if he, he would, he just missed throws in that fourth quarter. Now here we are week four. It comes off an injury, comes back. Tyler, he had – we'll go back to the big boy plays. He had five big boy plays, which is, yes. Like when I say big boy plays, these are Super Bowl rare type. These are like, whoa. He also had four no thank you plays that can destroy a game. And that is what you're going to live with right now with Anthony Richardson. His ability – to get the snap, make one read and throw a dart is outstanding. When he has to make a throw outside of that, hold your breath. The next thing I'm worried about, I believe it was in the third quarter. He was scrambling near his end zone, puts the ball in his left hand under pressure to try to get rid of it. And he got blasted again, Tyler. He didn't get hurt, but you see my point. This is a risky way to make a living for the Indianapolis Colts your franchise quarterback, it can't be getting hit this many times. Hard hits. This is your guy. So, But what I saw, the good, I see what you're saying about the, the athleticism as far as it gets him out of issues that other guys can't get out of. His strength stands out. His power and speed stand out. He still throws all fastballs, all fastballs. And it's not nolan ryan it's wild thing reliever john rocker rocker. John good, rocker good good rocker i like that but by the way i'm rooting for the Braves to win the world series this year not a big baseball fan but might have something invested in that but anyway anthony richardson yeah, I, I, by the way
0: i'm retired from gambling again because i was a victim of the patrick mahomes slide at the one yard line that's I, that's I have nothing that, that hurts. Sliding that, back into retirement. You know, we, in the next Favre episode, maybe I'll ask Brett on how, you know, to, how do you kind of slip in and out of retirement? How do you process that? Because I just, I'm done. I'm done with gambling. I'm going to delete the apps. I was very upset about that. Anthony Richardson, though, that's a great description. It's it's not unlike Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Big, strong, powerful just a lot of like a lot of horsepower. Fair enough. The way he runs, the way he throws, everything is just
1: what if I so told much strength you, behind it. Okay, the difference I, I I would notice from studying Josh Allen every year in the NFL compared to Anthony Richardson would be, I think Josh is a more natural thrower. Richardson's a more natural runner. It's a big difference. That's how I look at it right now.
0: And Chase Steichen's big bet is that he learns by playing. You could do the Jordan Love, wait three years, Tyler. wait one year approach. Gard- Gardner Minshew is more than capable of winning you some games. We've seen it. They he, want him to play.
1: He and Stroud, the team buys into them. And let's, let's say this for Richardson. Look who's coming back this week, coming off the PUP list. That can help any rookie quarterback getting Jonathan Taylor. Does he want to play? I don't know what, obviously, I don't know where the next step is. I'm hoping that's a sign. Right. Hopefully. I, I, I that's, I would like I to, to see. you want to be around him. this team and this quarterback. If you're Jonathan
0: Taylor, like, you know, the running back market, it is what it is. As a wise man once said, Richardson it, can it, help. It's terrible, but just, just have fun, man. Football doesn't last long, especially when you're running back. Especially, I mean, look at the injuries every week. He's ACLs, Achilles, MCLs, just dude, just, just play, have fun. You know, there's talk about no expectations. Nobody's expecting a dang thing out of the Colts Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like when we got into this with Josh Lucas, the, the value of sitting, the value of playing, it's so hard to know what's better for what quarterback probably. I mean, for Anthony Richardson, next off season is going to be almost just as important as anything that happens fair. this season, right? When you're not preparing for a combine and your head's not swimming, learning an NFL playbook for the first time. like What strides can he make between year one, year two, year two, year three, that that's when Josh Allen really took his, his, his leaps with Jordan Palmer and then he had Brian Dable on the seat. I think we know that he's got the infrastructure with the Colts and their coaching. I mean, they just did it with Jalen hurts. Agree. So, everything he does in the off season, if and this is the stuff the Colts probably had to figure out before they took him third, is is he willing to work? Like, is he going to put in the time behind the Whoa. scenes when nobody's watching? That the modern athlete, it's different. You know, you put money in people's pockets, and sometimes that work ethic fades. Everything you hear about Anthony Richardson is that he he is Josh Allen, like in that regard. That he will work. He will improve. But he has to improve, like Jordan Love did. He so that's, and t- look, we can talk Jordan Love, but it's gonna be fun. He's yeah, well, he's gonna be one of the top ten, top five,
1: fun players to watch this season in the NFL. I told you before this season, I'm done watching. We're done with. I'm I'm into the new guys. I'm studying Richardson, Stroud, all these new guys. Purdy, and Purdy's ridiculous, Tyler. That's like, man, it is literally. A baseball pitcher that you can't hit and he's throwing 85 and you just can't understand like how can i hit this pitch but it's just you can't explain a great description he he is so he, he's he is putting everything where he needs to put it like he is seriously he is not athletic you don't see the arm strength you don't see playmaking i still think any team that can get to him like any quarterback there's only one way to beat these great quarterbacks or these great offenses. And it's a pass rush. And I'm still a believer that you can get, if you get to Purdy, he will turn it over like all of them. But right now it is a machine. That's a machine completing like that in an NFL game against a team that has played, played well, I'm done. I'm done. Arizona's not the doormat. I thought I was wrong on that before the season. I didn't know you could sign a journeyman quarterback two two weeks before the season and be good. Yeah. Just but back to back to Purdy. I, I mean Purdy, that, though,
0: like l- listen to these scores, Jim. Since oh.
1: since he took over,
0: this is what their <laughs> offensive production has been. Okay, so he didn't start that Miami game, but he pretty much did, right? Jimmy who got hurt right right off the jump. Thirty-three points against the Dolphins, thirty-five points against Tampa, twenty-one against Seattle, but they won they won. They've won all these games. Thirty-seven against Washington, thirty-seven against Las Vegas. 38 against Arizona into the playoffs, 41 against Seattle, 19 to 12 win against Dallas. And then he gets hurt. They get blown out by Philly. Okay, let's get into this season. 30 to seven win over Pittsburgh, 30, 23 over the LA Rams, 30 to 12 over the giants, 35, 16 against Arizona. This is the juggernaut positionless, Weapons all over the field offense that Kyle Shanahan envisions, and it's pretty robotically, just maniacally, diabolically, just fighting the right guy. It's great. I, I caught, he had one incompletion <clears throat> yesterday, I think it was like right during the witching hour here at uh Golong HQ oh. with the kids. Maybe we were pre baths or baths, it was it was madness. And I actually caught his one incompletion in the corner of my eye at that moment. I'm thinking, I wonder if Purdy's having a good game. Then I went back and watched it a little bit, looked at the numbers. I'm like, oh, he was perfect, other than that one play. But Will, to your point, okay, this is great. Probably win the division, probably get to the NFC Championship game. They're going to run into a pass rush at some point. He's going to get moved off his spot at some point. The way they play, the way they practice, it's 100 miles an hour. There's going to be injuries. Maybe to Debo, maybe to Kittle, maybe to Iuke, maybe to Trent Williams, like what Adversity will strike in that department. Can he elevate? That's the whole you, reason they traded up for Trey Lance. The chance that this guy is special. Okay. Elevate people around him.
1: You just, I'm not triggered talking about me. Trey
0: Lance himself. I'm talking about the idea of Trey Lance On and that, that trade. Okay.
1: Like you, you triggered me. Can, when can you Purdy,
0: can Purdy be that?
1: I saw, I, I was with Drew Brees in New Orleans he was so masterful and was all accuracy timing, but what breeze was so special at was the maneuvering in the pocket due to his lack of size breeze is a really good athlete. He's just not what you think of as a a guy that's going to run around and make plays. That's not his style, but he's athletic enough to move around and can still deliver perfect passes. And that's what Purdy has to do consistently when he faces the pressure. One thing I want to say about the 49ers, one last thing. We talk about who's the best quarterback of all the Brady Mahomes, whatever. Everybody wants to say who's the best ever. I believe they have the best left tackle in the history of football. And I don't even want to argue about it. There has never been a player that is that big and moves like that. And has been that dominant his, his history of, he has some, you know, maybe some discipline issues on the field, penalties. He, but when I talk about, the nastiest, meanest guy nobody wants to mess with on the field. Guy's back down to him. Trent Williams is, in my opinion, we talk about it. Is Reggie White the greatest defensive end ever? Is Lawrence Taylor the best linebacker ever? Is Dion the best corner ever? Trent Williams should be in that category for best left tackle ever. You'll never see a player like him physically. Orlando Pace. Nope. Anthony Munoz. Nope. Watch any clip. You've never seen a man. Tony Manich. Nope. Oh, why I started scouting. That's right.
0: That's amazing, though. That's one hell of an observation because it's such a difficult position to study as a scout. We got into it with Josh Lucas last week.
1: We don't talk uh, about guys like that. right?
0: Baylor, right? Was it Jason Smith?
1: Jason Smith.
0: Right. But Trent Williams is like everything you'd want. In pads, everything uh, you'd want in shorts. And that's it, such a good point. He is a mean SOB. And guess what? I don't care what the NFL does with this bureaucratic nonsense, finding guys, flagging guys over absolute bullshit. It's still a violent game played by violent people. And you better be looking for guys like Trent Williams. Otherwise, you're gonna be sitting your ass at home in January. Mike, Mike Daniels, Green Bay Packers, D tackle. Got into this a little bit on X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it. X. And I loved it. He's like we. He was absolutely right. Those Packer teams, like they they didn't win a second Super Bowl in large part because they didn't have guys like that on the roster. Mike Daniels tried like hell to
1: he to be that
0: guy he to make was. it contagious. Every Friday, he'd sit at his locker, hold court, talk about punching the team in the mouth. Like it was. I mean, in the media, you obviously love it, but there was a a, a broader. Approach there by Mike to, to try to get guys thinking and feeling and playing the same way. And the, the 49ers have always had guys like that back to those teams in 2011, 2012, 2013. And Green Bay couldn't get past that Niner team because they they had some mean, mean SOBs, especially on defense. And uh, I think we've had Dante Whitner on and he talked about it and it was a little rough around the edges. He's like, man, we had guys you didn't know if they're going to get arrested that week. Like, you know what the hell was going to happen? You've got to kind of take some chances here or there um, in temperament. And maybe maybe that player comes with some baggage, but if their football character is wanting to destroy the person across from them on the line of scrimmage, you've got to find guys like that. I like yeah, that. I like yeah. the take, the strong take by Jim.
1: Best just, left tackle ever. I sit there every week and watch him. And I'm like, what? I don't feel like we ever, I'm, we're sitting here talking about Brock Purdy. Like I guarantee you, one guy's walking down the street, I promise you who you're drafting for any sport. I don't you don't need to know what sport it is. If both Purdy and Trent Williams are walking down the street, you're just gonna draft Trent Williams. <laughs> and, and, and Trent Williams is why a
0: Brock Purdy exists too. I he, mean, i not to take anything away from Purdy. He's you no know, trying I'm, I'm blown away but, by
1: Purdy. I'm blown away by Purdy right now. I like Shanahan, think about like this is what's great about football. And we talk about going to the right coach, system, support everything. Richardson is in a perfect spot for him, a coach who knows how to coach his style. Shanahan can coach Purdy's style. Put Purdy on the Colts, put Richardson's on the 49ers, both coaches are retiring. They're not winning a game. It's crazy. That goes to show you how much systems matter and support.
0: We're going to run out of time, but... And I want to get into this again on a, on a future pod, but we have to talk about, let's go from Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the 2022 draft to the very first pick of the 2023 draft. Bryce Young, we're not going to be talking about this rookie quarterback with the same level of optimism that we have C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Josh put it so well on the last pod, right? He, he is small. He looks small. He plays small. He kind of like disappears. And to Bryce Young's defense, no running game. The line isn't playing well. You can say that about a lot of offensive lines, but but true. They, they, you had to trade DJ Moore to, to get Bryce Young, so you don't really have receivers who can get separation. Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, right, Lavisca Chenault. They don't they don't have a one. They might not really have a two. But man, you want to see something, right? The, the the circumstances around CJ Stroud aren't necessarily butterflies and rainbows you're not I I didn't catch that game in full yet I don't know if you have but it doesn't seem like Bryce Young has just hinted at that element of special that those scouts who are always blunt to the extreme to our expert Bob McGinn they loved they loved Bryce Young a lot of them did they said they see special they see calm they see cool I, I don't know though I mean Russell Wilson. He was short, but he was thick. He played big, like Josh said. Brock Purdy isn't that big, but he's so dang decisive, and he knows what he's doing out there. His size isn't really a factor. Four games in. I don't think we should write Bryce Young's career off, but it is is discouraging, (laughs) right? I mean, do you you think Carolina's got to be sitting here thinking, shit, did we take the wrong guy?
1: I'd be concerned. I mean, based off just concern because – The size thing shouldn't be an issue right now. Like, it's not like you knew the size thing. So don't draft them. You can't use size as an excuse if you're Carolina. That was known. Like, so everything was known. I mean, just like the Colts knew how to use Richardson, 49ers are comfortable how to use Purdy and Stroud in Houston. They're using all the players to their strengths. Bryce Young right now, I feel like. Yes, he's like in that lost man's that island, like like a rookie quarterback island. Like I'm gonna check on him next year. Like get through this year, man. Get through and all. Tua, when he was coming off that injury, we said it every time on the pod. I said I'm not judging him coming back from that injury. Right. Like I'm giving guy like and, and Jordan Love same way we talked about him. He's a rookie quarterback in my eyes. I'm okay with Jordan Love having bad games. Rookies have bad games. But are you seeing good plays, the big boy plays I talk about, and you do. So I guess that's what I'm saying for Carolina, you're not seeing any positives with Bryce Young. That's strange. That's that's concerning. Because you, when just, I was in Atlanta,
0: talked to Jesse Bates. It was after their win over Carolina. Man, that he guy interceptions. <sighs> yeah, yeah, he's worth every penny. Oof. I get people say you don't pay a safety. He's he's incredible. Incredible. But he said, like, those two interceptions against Carolina, all he did was watch what Frank Reich did in the preseason with uh, with Bryce Young, and then he went back and watched Frank Reich's Colts film, saw if it matched up, the route combinations, and he said it, it matched up. It's pretty simple. I'm going to pull the trigger and break on those two balls and it led to two picks. So, yeah, r- rookie stuff. Elementary stuff. A lot of it's to be expected. But I think when you do see like that wow stuff out of Richardson. That's. And you had a great description of Stroud. It's not necessarily wow, but it's. It's steady. Powerful. It's, it's... a presence about him. No question. We'll see how it plays out. No, it's good. <laughs> we didn't even get into Ritter and the Falcons. No, but
1: you know why we're not getting into Ritter? Because he's not on the level of any of those quarterbacks we spoke about. And until that is, that's not right. That's not right. We did a lot of good Atlanta pump up the Falcons this off season and I have some money invested in them. Um, You can't put him out there like that. This is wrong. They have some, they do have some good football players. I'd like to see Brett Young him. on Atlanta, a team that can actually run the ball, play defense, have a, a coach that is trying uh, like I said before, Arthur Smith has an issue with average-ass quarterbacks. He wants Tannehill and Ritter, and Ritter's not even close to Tannehill. That's, that's not I mad- in between. So this something needs to change at that position because that is – I can't believe that's who they're rolling with. Heineke is so much better.
0: I would think one more avalanche of, of turnovers. I mean, it really should have been three. You had to yeah. pick six, and then you had to stare down to Kyle Pitts that Andre Sisco – Closed just, on, and then the the drive after that, it should have been a seventy seven yard touchdown, I believe, to Mac Hollins. He's wide open, and it's underthrown. Should have been picked <laughs> off by Darius Williams. And if you haven't, I linked it in the story. Like, yeah, look like Mac Hollins wanted to fight Desmond Ritter on the sideline. Holy, yeah. and, you know, he's he wants he wants the ball to arrive on time, not underthrown by ten yards. So I I, I get all that. I'm just gonna. I think there's still one avalanche away. Uh, and I like Heineke. He was our all old school quarterback two years ago. It'd go along. You can win with him. And I think it could get to that point. I, when you have the roster, they have Chris Lindstrom, highest paid guard, Calais Campbell on the defensive side of the ball. Bijan Robinson is special. You draft a tight end, top 10, you draft a wide receiver, top 10, Jesse Bates, highest paid safety. AJ Terrell, one of the best shutdown corners. You've, You've got to get more of a quarterback. You've got to have some semblance of a downfield passing game, and they just haven't had it out. outside of that fourth quarter against Green Bay. It's, it's been ugly. I give Arthur Smith credit. He doesn't want to hurt his quarterback's confidence. He's sticking with them. For now, they are 2-2. Two and two. They're a game out of first. They're not ready to hit the panic button, but I, I, they might be that one avalanche away. It's going to be loud in Mercedes-Benz Stadium if, if, it's, if, if things go south at quarterback against, it's, it's- by the way, the Houston Texans.
1: It's a good point by you as far as you're right two and two nothing is panicking as far as just how are you getting there and are you seeing right you know is, is this how we're gonna win is all like, you can't win that way like there's just no way well a good chipper
0: note to go off on there Jim so thanks everybody for listening for watching uh I'm getting the uh the call from downstairs I think we've we've gotta take care of some kiddos right now. Uh, but thank you so much, everybody. We greatly appreciate it. Go Long is completely powered by you. No ads, no sponsors over at the website with the written word. It is all our subscribers. So if you like the podcast, please become or consider becoming a subscriber to golongtd.com. I'm Tyler Dunn. That's Jim Onis. We will chat with you very soon.